Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Good? You excited to be here today? Kickstart has been amazing. Amen. God has been showing up in a powerful way. Live stream, everybody who's on there watching, we're glad to have you. God is going to do amazing things here in this place, not only now during noontime prayer, but also tonight. If you are anywhere near Albemarle, you need to make it tonight for the service. God is going to bless his people. Amen. Amen. Pastor Brian is going to be here in a couple minutes. Um, let's just start by opening up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you are already here in this place. I thank you that you have a, such a love for your children. I thank you, Jesus, that you already gave your best for us, and all we have to do is receive it. Lord, I thank you that each and every person here and watching online is going to receive what you have for them today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would just lead us, that you would guide us. I thank you for wisdom, insight, and understanding. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to share a little bit about Joshua and the Israelites at the Battle of Jericho. Everybody knows that story, right? So the Lord gave Joshua instructions to circle the city seven days in a row, right? Seven days. But for six days, he had specific instructions. It says in Joshua chapter 6, verse 10, but Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. How many of you know there's strategy in warfare? There is strategy. We have to listen and be obedient to what the Holy Spirit says. We have to follow when he says go here. We have to be quiet when he says be quiet. And we have to shout when he says shout. This is what the Lord was telling Joshua that day. For six days, the Israelites are circling the city of Jericho. The, the priests were leading the way. They were sounding the alarm on the horns, the trumpets. So this, the people in Jericho knew they were there, right? They knew that, what are, the, what are they doing circling the city, but nothing's happening. That had to seem kind of odd for six days, right? That had to seem kind of strange, but... Joshua and the Israelites were obedient to what the Holy Spirit said, and they did as he commanded. So they kept circling six days. They'd circle one time. But on the seventh day, the Lord said, circle it seven times. And on the seventh time, this is what he said. It is in verse 16. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. On the seventh day, the Holy Spirit told them, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. When I was reading that, I just felt so encouraged by the Holy Spirit that we need to shout, that it is time to shout, that God has given us the city. We are believing for breakthrough. We are believing that this territory no longer belongs to the enemy, but this territory belongs to God. And we are going to be a part of the solution of what God has for this region. That is a word from the Lord, and we have to shout, for God has given us the city. Amen? 
Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your instruction. I thank you that you lead us and you guide us, that you you tell us which way to go. You tell us when to be quiet and you tell us when we need to shout. So I thank you that today your people are going to raise up a shout unto the Lord, that your people are going to raise out a shout and that we are going to win this city. I thank you that we give the battle to you and that you are going to fight on our behalf. I praise you and I thank you for everything that you're doing in this place. I praise you, Lord. You are so good to your kids. We worship you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's a good word. Thank you, Patty. And uh, Father, we just praise you right now. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we just give you the glory. Lord, no matter how big the walls look in our life, no matter how strong, how thick, how deep, how wide, you are bigger than every wall. You are bigger. You are bigger than everything. And Lord, we just praise you. We praise you today for what you're doing. Lord, we just praise you. We come against everything that would try to come against what you are doing. This week with kickstart and all of this 40 days of prayer and fasting has been so tremendous. It has been beautiful. And the enemy, he doesn't like it. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, we don't like him, so it's even. Amen. And uh, Father, right now, we just receive all of your grace. We receive your forgiveness your mercy uh, to dust ourselves off and just keep on going. And no weapon formed against us will prosper, but every wall that stands in the way, it will fall. It's crumbling. Lord, listen, Father, we know that the enemy rises up the most when he's about to lose all. And so, Lord, we just thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for the victory and we praise you. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm, the shout of victory early on in the 40 days of prayer, we talked about thanksgiving and then we talked about praise, right? You enter into uh, the gates with thanksgiving and you enter into the courts with praise. And we talked about how praise was intentional. You know, and we talked about how like when the team comes into the stadium, people praise before the game even starts. They start praising their team before the game even starts because of the potential that's in the team. Right? They're not waiting for the touchdown or whatever the score. They're not waiting till the end to praise. Well, this is the way that we're supposed to be with the Lord as well. This, we're supposed to give the shout while the walls still stand, right? We're supposed to give God the praise for who He is when it looks the worst. Praise, even when, when it, we talked about the word, we showed how the original language actually points out that it's intentional. It's on purpose. It's not waiting, okay, let's see how it goes, and then we'll praise God. No, we're going to praise God for His character and nature before, while the walls are still standing, and that will cause the walls to fall. Remember the praise in the jail cell? They were praising in the deepest parts of the cell. Everybody could hear them. That's how loud and intentional and purpose they were, and all of a sudden, they're praising praise 
ching, ching, broke the chains off of them and every other prisoner. Your praise can break not only yourself free, but other people as well. All throughout the word, you find that things are intentional. They're done on purpose. They're done with passion. You know, so many times we've been taught, oh man, so many times in the word, you see the Holy Spirit drawing us to a boldness, a boldness and a confidence in him that steps out, does stuff that the world thinks is crazy, but steps out into it and God meets us at that place. And he prays, he says, look, pray that all boldness and all confidence. Well, that's not just boldness and confidence to be a witness. It's boldness and confidence to believe God when it looks like the walls there. It's a boldness. No, that wall's not going to stand. That problem that's been going on for years, it's dissipating. It's losing its grip now. That's why everything's so agitated around it is because it's losing its grip. Glory to God, it's about to fall. That, that demonic force, it knows, oh, I'm losing my grip. Let me try to grab on harder. Let me try to irritate, push buttons, get everything. No, no, Lord, we just see it. We recognize it and we praise you. Those walls, they're trembling. You might not can see it from a distance, but in the foundation, they're trembling. They're, they're, they're shaking. All of a sudden, they're pulled down, right? It, I believe the word actually shows uh, in the word that the angels took that wall and pushed it into the ground. It was a beautiful thing. And uh, so, listen, let the Lord do what he does. Don't get upset. When the world acts like the world, don't, don't be moved by that. The world is going to act like the world, right? The world's going to act like the world. We just maintain. All right, Lord. And even when we miss it, even when we miss it, here's what we do. I, I missed it. It's obvious I missed it. Everybody knows, right? I missed it. Lord, I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness. By faith, I receive that forgiveness. Let me, if I need to make amends, let me go make amends. But right now, I just receive. I, I'm, I'm intentionally believing in your character and your nature. You're going to meet every need. You're going to quench every fiery dart. No evil will befall. And when we instantly turn to a godly sorrow that produces a repentance in us, all of a sudden, now God can move in. And now God's involved. God's involved. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, right now, we just come against everything. We recognize the enemy's losing his grip. But God is stronger. God is stronger. God is stronger. I, I feel led to tell you a story about something that happened not too long ago. Uh, just in the anointing of one of the services, um, there was uh, some demonic forces at work, right? Now, normally, I've found that when demonic forces start to work in somebody, you'll watch. If you ever see somebody, particularly in a strong point of the service, all of a sudden they get up and go to the bathroom. A lot of time, that's not them having to go to the bathroom. That's what they feel like. Uh, but a lot of time, that's a demonic force that's got that grip. And it's like, ooh, I'm losing a grip. I'm losing my grip. So it's like, get the person out of here before I lose it completely, right? They'll, they'll start getting agitated. They'll start thinking about what's on my phone, everything. That's, it's a lot of times demonic and spiritual. Well, uh, in other words, uh, what happens is they, that demonic just wants to get 
that person out. And they'll start to agitate and irritate, right? And that, it's a sign and a symptom of the grip being loosened. If that person has the gumption to just hold fast, freedom can completely come. But a lot of times, honestly, people like the mess. They don't want to let go. They want to hold on to the emotions. They don't want to forgive. They don't want to do that thing. They want to hold on to it. And because of that, they're like, yeah, I need to go. I need to get out. I don't like what he's saying anyway, right? But uh, this is what I want to tell you about. So understanding that, this is what happened not too long ago. We're preaching in a service. Demonic was there. And, uh, you know, some people don't believe in that. I, it. It, I've seen too much of it. I understand. It is a reality, okay? We deal with it all the time. And so all, all of a sudden, that grip is starting to loose in the demonic, right? Now, what would normally be the case? Normally, that, that person would be like, I'm out, right? Get me away. Let me go do something else, right? Here's what happened. The Holy Spirit knew this person needed the love of God so much that the Holy Spirit arrested that person. They had to just sit there and just, and the anointing just continued to break the yoke and break the bondage. God is bigger. If we will open up ourselves, God's bigger and he's stronger than that because he wanted freedom to come. And it just arrested the Holy Spirit in the most gentle of ways, kept that person right there so that the anointing could do the work and start breaking those yokes, right? And it didn't look like, I mean, I've seen it so many times where people, you know, they, they jet, right? Or they start to get sick during the service, everything. A lot of times that's just demonic. It's just demonic. I've, I've, I've been watching it now for years and watching you know, the symptoms of it. And so it was beautiful because the Holy Spirit, when we would say, man, what, you know, what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit was bigger and stronger than that situation. And his love was greater. Lord, we just declare. How many times have we declared? No evil will befall us. In other words, that means if there's evil present, then even that is going away in Jesus' name. It's being released, and God is big enough to do that. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Uh, that really wasn't be still and no, but I think it was needed today. Amen? All right. So let's turn to Psalms 46.10. And, and your word's right. We need to be intentional with our praise. Well, even when it looks like this just stinks, I don't know how in the world it's going to work out, that's when intention and purpose comes in. That's when being intentional, right? When I walk in here and I feel like junk, like let's say I'm getting attacked in my body and I'm not feeling good, or maybe I walk in and everybody looks like they just had sour lemons for Sunday morning breakfast, right? If I walk in here that day, if look, if the, if the crowd is not going to put on faith and expectation, I don't have the luxury of just saying, well, I'll see you, you know. No, no, no. My job is to feed. Right? So if I'm not feeling good, that's when I start getting intentional. It looks like it is not going to be a good day. That's when intention comes in. That's when purpose comes in. That's when you'll see me start to get fired up the most, right? And is it because I feel like jumping? No, it's not. It's, it's 
Lord, I'm intentional. I'm giving you the glory and the praise. It's going to be a great day, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel. And it's not because I feel like doing this. It's because I know you. Uh And I'm going to praise you whether I feel like it or not. It's intentional. It's on purpose. And all of a sudden, I start doing that. It says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Glory to God. Now we're ready to go do something. All of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. It gets off on you. Boom, boom, boom. It gets off on you, right? All of a sudden, that praise is catching. It's catching. The Lord needs some people that know how to catch themselves on fire and move around some other people and do that. And we need to do it on a regular basis. Truthfully, we ought to all walk in that door on Sunday morning like this. I mean, you don't have to do that. It'd be like, hey, how you doing? Nice to have you today. You don't have to do that. But there ought to be something inside of us that we're carrying. Man, we've got an expectation and a faith. It's purposed. It's intentional. Doesn't matter if the person next to you told you off. Doesn't matter if, if, if the pastor said something you don't like. Doesn't matter. It's purposed and intentional. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. And by faith, purpose, and intention, I receive the okay right now. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Psalms 46.10 in the New Living says this. We've been talking about it all week. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Anybody that's watching, today's your first day of watching, I would highly recommend. Go back and watch at the beginning of this week because we have covered some important stuff. We have today and tomorrow left in our noon prayer. It has been tremendous. I mean powerful in here. Now, one of the things that we talked about is that knowing there and throughout the word where it says to know is an intimacy with God. In other words, it's also coming to a uh, very strong conclusion that God is God, right? And we've talked about the fact that the world doesn't know how to be still today. We've had every invention made to man to distract us from being still with God. And that's a problem because we're not going to know God if we don't stop and be still with him. You know, we think, uh, you know, most people I would say in our church, they're okay with being a giver, right? To give God an offering of their finances. We've, We've told on it, faith has come and risen, and we have people that are receiving great things, big, big, uh, Big increases and big debt reductions, stuff like that. Because you teach the word, it has an effect. But one of the things that maybe hasn't been taught as much, well, absolutely hasn't, in the American church, is to give an offering of our time. How about we just sit down, you know, we've been talking about this. How about, Lord, okay, look. Here's my 30 minutes. Here's my hour. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. In other words, I'm honoring him with my time. How many of us can scroll on Facebook for 30 minutes like that? 
All of us. And, and we'll find time to do that. But how many of us find time to be still in front of the Lord? And we talked about, you know, quieting our mind. And, and we talked about even that technology is not bad, but it's how we use it. Same thing like with money. Money itself is not bad. It's how we use it. It just amplifies the heart. Our technology also amplifies our heart. And we're, the Word tells us to be still. This is command. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. Now, what's he saying here? He's saying that, look, there's a part of me, God's saying, I'm God Almighty. And you will know me as God, strong, powerful, loving God in your life as you're still with me. As you're still so it's literally talking about a release of the power of God. I'm, I'm talking about heaven's power released to those who will be still with him. No wonder we're not seeing the power of God like we should because how many people are being still and giving him that time, quieting our mind, you know, I, we talked about yesterday, what if every thought that you had came out your mouth? Gracious, right? But now think about it in terms of being still. Most of us, when we do stop to talk to God, it's just us. And our thoughts are going 90 miles an hour. You know, how would you like to be on a date where it's supposed to be precious time and that person across the table never shuts up? Right? And so a lot of times we're not still, even when we're stopping to read the word or pray, we still let every thought run and we don't take it captive. And we're not stealing ourselves in front of God. We're not being still in front of him. So this is, if we want to know God, if we want to move in his power, if we want to see supernatural answers, we need to still ourselves. We need time with him. On a daily basis, we need just time. And, and we talked about our prayer is not just going to God and telling Him everything we need or everything that we're thinking about. Our prayer literally should be ministry to the Lord. Lord, hey, because here's the thing. He knows what you need. He knows what you want already. You don't even have to tell Him. He knows all about it, and He knows how to get it to you. And He knows when to bring it up. And when you need it. So maybe we should, instead of entering into the presence of God, hey, Lord, it's so good to see you again today. I need this, this, this. And uh, what do you think about this and this? Maybe when we enter in, we should more enter like this. Hey, Lord, I'm giving you this time. What do you want to do? What would you like? Now we're ministering to the Lord. We're serving him not just seeing him as a servant of us. Now, he wants to serve us. He wants to love on us. He proved that in the life of Christ. He was a servant. He wants to do those things. But when we enter in and we pay attention more, hey, what do you want to do today? You know what? When we have that need and it's time to meet the need, he will actually right then bring it about. He'll bring, he'll bring it up to you. Hey, you remember that thing you need? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I, you know, he said, oh, it's already done. It's already fixed. 
Oh, I didn't even have to do anything. No, you did something. You spent time with me. You know, a lot of times I know I've been sitting there and I sit down to have some time with the Lord and all I'm thinking about is, oh my goodness, I do not have time to do this. I've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And, and the Holy Spirit said this to me so many times now that my spirit is saying this is, Brian, you don't have time not to. You don't have time not to spend with the Lord because in Him we live. We have life to the full, to the overflow. In Him we move. We're empowered to do the things He's called us to do. And in Him we have our being. It's in Him not outside of him, and I can't get in him if I don't spend time with him. I need the essence of who he is on me all the time. So this week, we've been just ministering uh, for about 30 minutes, and in the last 30 minutes or more, we've just been spending time in him. Now today, and you, I want you to see this, to know is an intimacy, just like a man knows his wife, and then they have offspring. This is an intimacy. This is a spiritual intimacy. He says, be still and be intimate. Be still and get to know me in an intimate way. And John uh, 17, 3 says, this is eternal life. That Jesus is saying this. This is eternal life. That they may know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So eternal life itself is the intimacy with the Father. So am I going to walk in the manifestation of the fullness of life, the fullness of salvation, provision, protection, deliverance, healing, restoration, and am I going to walk in that without spending time with Him or knowing Him? It's not going to happen. So a lot of people want provision all the time or they want healing, but they're spending no time with him. Eternal life is knowing him in intimacy. And then you go into uh, Daniel eleven thirty two. The last part of that verse says, but the people who do know, okay, the people who are intimate with God, who spend time with him, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I think all of us are growing to the point where we're starting to realize, I want to do some great things for God. I might not have felt worthy before, but now I'm starting to see it. As we've talked about God's normal, I'm starting to see that I can do great things. And where does this time stem from? Where do these exploits stem from? from being still and knowing him. Where does your power come to overcome the attacks from spending time? Where does your power come to heal when, when you need to heal or be forgiven from spending that time with him? Stopping the world, stopping your brain, Lord, I give myself to you. How you doing? I love you. What can I do for you today? Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. King James says, will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagle. They'll fly high above all the stuff. They'll run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. This is what we're supposed to live in all the time. But it comes from waiting, waiting on the Lord. What happens when we wait tables? 
We're waiting on the person. How can I wait on you, right? How can I? I'm, I'm here to give my time to you. Father, we're here to give our time to you, to serve you. How can we minister to you? We talked about in Acts chapter 13 when Saul was ordained by the Holy Spirit and separated and anointed as an apostle, right? He was preaching already, but an ordination, a separation is different, right? And he was separated. The Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, right? This was a special moment. But what were they doing to get to that place? They were fasting and praying and ministering to the Lord. How can we wait on you? And in that moment, God said, now's the time, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. One of the greatest apostles, one of the greatest apostles that ever lived, wrote more than half of the New Testament. Here's the moment where he becomes the apostle Paul. And it came in a moment where they were waiting on the Lord and being still and no. How much could we be walking in if we would esteem that and be still and know? Now, I want us to go. I've been trying to get here all week. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 is what's known by some as the rest chapter, a chapter that talks about the rest of God. And verse 3, Hebrews 4, 3 says this. It says, For we who have believed... All right, now, can we qualify for this verse if we're, it's talking about people that believe on Christ? For we who have believed... So we qualify here. Enter that rest, just as he has said... As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. So he said, what he's saying is, it, he's talking in this chapter about the Israelites who, because of the hardness of their heart and their lack of unbelief, they didn't enter the rest of God. They didn't enter. Now, let me paint the picture of this, okay? So here's the Israelites... They're coming up to the promised land. God said, I'll give you the land. He gave them a promise. Yeah, I mean, it's the promised land <laughs> because he promised it to them. And, but then they come up with the 12 spies. Joshua and Caleb, you know, have the good report, but the 10 spies come back with a report that's so bad that they want to kill everybody for trying to send them in there. They're like, oh, no, we're not going in there. Now, wait a minute. God had made them a promise. So what are the Israelites now doing? I don't believe in what you said, Lord. But they really need to get into that land because we know now that the opposite of that, the, you know, if they don't do that, it's 40 years in the wilderness and that's where they die. So they think they're just saving their life by not going up against these giants because these 10 dudes, I was going to say something else, these guys have a bad report. But what happens? The Israelites, they're brought out by a supernatural, miraculous hand out of Egypt. 
He knocks out the whole Egyptian army, basically. They come through the wilderness. Now, now we're starting to see where God's providing for them, doing all this stuff. God does all these miracles, and then they're, they're made afraid by the fear of man. They, they have a problem. They need the solution. God made the promise, but they closed their heart to the promise and didn't believe what God said. And because of that, he says, they won't enter my rest. Why? Because he's establishing a system of spiritual legal, uh, legal things called faith. See, faith, when we trust in God and we believe in God, it opens up the supernatural to us. Now, apply that to our own life. We have, you know, in the word, promises. He will restore you. He will heal you. How different is it from the Israelites than from us when we look at a problem and say, I just don't know how this is going to get fixed. I, I don't see any way. Is there any difference? No. So it's at that point that we decide, are we going to believe in the promises and a great and almighty, all-powerful God who loves us with such a great love? And so we have to decide, I'm going to trust you beyond and over what I see. That's the exact same thing. We face it all the time. We face the same thing. We talk bad about the Israelites, and yet we've been the ones doing the same thing, doing the exact same thing. Because it's like, well, I don't know how this is going to work out. And we're doing the same thing. But he says, if you will get in faith on my promises, you can enter into the rest. So now let's look, let's look at verse 9. He says, so they didn't enter the rest because of their unbelief, because of their, in other scriptures it says, because of the hardness of their heart. Their heart was so hardened and, and, and what made it hard? Their experience in Egypt. They, they, were, they, they came out of a place where they had just gotten a hardened heart. They just, they gave up hope. God's saying, always, I will coming to break up that hardness and give you hope. But at some point, we have to grab a hold of that and make that hope ours. But if we sit back and say, there's just no hope, then we're just like the Israelites. And truthfully, at that moment, there is no hope until we have a change of heart. It's not God that we're waiting on. It's our heart that God is waiting on. Right? Yeah. And then, so he's saying that they couldn't enter in because of the hardness of their heart, because they had no faith, because they didn't believe, because they didn't trust God to be good. Now go to verse 9. Verse 9, 10, and 11. It says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So there's a rest. What does that mean? There's an answer. There's a solution. There's an easy and light. And it remains continuously for the people of God. It's a rest. Verse 10. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. 
God, you, when you enter his rest, you're saying, I'm not trying to solve this anymore. I'm simply going to be obedient when God tells me something to do. I, and if he tells me something to do, he's going to empower me to do it. So they didn't enter into the rest of God because they didn't believe. Their heart was hardened towards God. As much stuff as he did, they, they couldn't get past their own wrong thinking and they never entered into the rest. That same thing is in us now today that we have to decide to put on. We have to become the most optimistic people in God that we never see an impossibility. I love my pastor's church. He, he, he's got a nickname for his church. It's called the Possibility Church. I love that. I love that. The, the Possibility Church, right? At First Assembly in Rockingham, but he calls it the Possibility. Matter of fact, that's their name on Facebook, the Possibility Church. I love that. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. If that's true, for us to sit back and say, I just don't know how that's going to work out. What have we done? We've allowed hardness and we've not trusted the word of the Lord. Yeah. I've seen things that I thought would never happen. And yet, God, if when I give myself to the hope of the Lord and the faith of the Lord, God move in. And see, a lot of times he moves in on my behalf. So let's say, let's say that I needed a miracle over in, Corey, in Corey's life. And all of a sudden now, I need that miracle there, but I just don't know that he's ever going to change. Aren't we the light and the salt, the preservant? And so all of a sudden what happens is when I say, he might not even know he can change right now. Matter of fact, he's fighting it. But I say, but I believe God can get a hold. All of a sudden, I become a light in his life. I become a preserver. And even when he, he's uh, fighting it, I open the door by my faith for things to change. And it was me as the preservant, as the salt. And look, it rises the, the rain. It causes the waters to fall on the just and the unjust. Because he loves me and the rain and the hope of God is here, that rain can overflow into the lives of people that don't even trust God. But then when that happens and they go, God, I don't even know how this happened. You say, God is so good. What? God did this? And what did you just do? You just cracked that hardness of themselves and you've helped shine the light where there was no light. This is our call to enter in and to carry that hope with us. No matter, with God, all things are possible. Well, they'll never change. Nonsense. You changed. Nonsense. Think about where you've come from. Think about you were helpless, sinners, enemies of God, and now you're not. You changed. How did that happen? The hand of God. He made the impossible possible. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. Be diligent to enter. In other words, there's not just, we're not letting it happen to us. We're pressing into it. 
We're being diligent to enter the place of rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. This hardness of heart, this lack of belief, this lack of faith, lack of trust is disobedience. But if we'll put that out of the way, we will stop falling. Now we're talking about being still and knowing. So here's the thing. We're spo aren't we supposed to fight the good fight of faith? So do we fight or do we rest? Listen, this is the fight of faith to enter into the rest. This is the fight of faith. Your fight is to enter into your rest. Now, watch this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and enter my intimacy. Be still and watch God show up in your life. It means all of those things. Lord, I've got to handle this. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Today, my list of stuff to do is, is longer than the day I have. I don't have time to sit with you. We don't have time not to because the fight of our faith is to enter into that rest. We need God knocking out some of those things on our list. We need supernatural power and wisdom of God. Well, it's not a, but see, when we do it ourselves, now all of a sudden, we're saying, I'm handling it. Verse 10, for the one who has entered his rest himself has rested from his works every day. We can step into the secret place of God. Lord, I, here's my list. <laughs> you know. What can I do for you today? Lord, I just enter your rest. I minister to you, Father. You know what, need, what you're saying. What are you saying in action? You're not just saying it by faith. You're putting action to your words. What, here's what you're saying without saying it. I got too much to do, but I know that my life springs from you. My power springs from you. My impossibilities are made possible through you. As I get into you and I wait on you and I minister to you, that's how the power of God is released. This one thing is needful and it's not cooking the supper. One thing is needful to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm not even saying anything. I'm not even praying anything. I'm just giving you my time. Now, if the Lord, see, it's in this moment. It's in this moment that you'll hear from God what to do. It's in this moment that he'll show you the supernatural solution. It's in this moment that you will, he will give you the supernatural grace to empower you, the favor to help you in that situation. 
with the family, in the business, with the boss. That's when he'll give you the grace and the favor. It's not out here in the doing that he'll do it. It's in this moment, in the secret place, in the rest of God. This is the fight of faith to enter into rest. Lord, there's a rest available for us, and we just enter it. If while you're in there, he says, pray, then start praying. If he doesn't say anything, then you just sit. If while you're in there, he says, read, then start reading. If he doesn't say anything, then you just sit. Lord, how can I minister to you? I love you. If while you're in there, he says, worship, then worship. We enter into his rest. And then when you come out of the secret place and you go about your daily life and you go to work and then all of a sudden you're challenged, you don't respond in your works. You respond from the place of rest. Oh, Lord, you've already got this. Oh, this thing is irritating as everything on my flesh, but... I won't disbelieve. I won't harden my heart. I know you make the impossible possible. So, Father, right now, I back off of it. I don't have to do a thing in that situation but what you tell me. And I ain't heard nothing yet. So I ain't saying nothing. I ain't doing anything. I'm going to be, you've told me to go to work, so I'm going to go work. You've told me to do, be about your business, so I'm going to be about your business. You've told me to forgive, so I don't have to ask should I forgive that person, right? But, but if there's something where I don't know that you haven't already said, then I don't have to do anything till you say to do it. I don't have to hire. I don't have to fire. I don't have to come up with plans. Because, but see, here's the thing. People, they, they press their own agenda because... They've not spent time in the place to hear the plans. So they make up their own plans, and they're not heavenly plans, and they fall to the ground. They fall to the ground. So let's enter the place of rest. Lord, we just praise you. Father, today... How can we minister to you, Lord? As we've said each day right now, he may call you to pray. He may call you to sit. He may call you to pray in the Holy Ghost or worship or sing or do something else. None of those are bad. What does he want us to do? Lord, we just worship you. We spend time with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory. Glory to God. 
All glory to God. Father, we just minister to you today. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Father, we worship you. We enter into your rest, Lord. We enter into that secret place. The place where the devil can't even see us, definitely can't touch us. In that secret place, in your rest, that's the place where no evil can befall us. Lord, we just walk straight through it. We just walk straight through it. We just walk straight through the crowd. Jesus was in the secret place, in the rest, when they wanted to throw him off the cliff. He just walked straight through it. Lord, we enter that place.
Thank you so much for letting us minister to you, Father. What an honor. What an honor. So tremo. Come by pelopani. Father, we enter that rest. We don't have to know how. We don't have to know, you know what you will do or what you will tell us. All we have to do is trust you and enter that place by faith. Receive the grace, the peace, the forgiveness of God and move into that place. Father, on purpose, we move into that place of rest. We see and have faith that you have the ability to make the impossible possible in Jesus' name. We enter that rest.
We know, I want you to stay right there in that same place. Same place of his rest and being still and knowing. We know there's some people that have to go back to lunch. They'll be dropping off of the streaming and maybe somebody here. We're going to go for another 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so. Just be led here. You're welcome to go. I understand that. We're not letting go. There's something more that the Lord wants to release. We just thank you for joining us. If you do need to go, if you want to give, you can click the link or give here afterwards. In the name of Jesus, we call it blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, bless what anything anybody may give on your behalf for the kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we'll just continue. If you have to go, have a great day. We love you. Thank you for being with us. Oh, so tiny and down the soul, it must be. Renidiam lotorias, estoduro, hanyastoe, hanyastoe, menstorami. Lemosora mi anioso, enansida nosoro te alo. Here, Father, we praise you. Bota de mecali lo totano. Enani amoso, remansia se oso so sretanamako. Lena de coniace nemesi. Anilo kod fropati semotoriaso Efroma amfrome enfoko yemesho shebaso terelo Yeah Lord thank you Thank you for just imparting into your people right now Thank you Lord for imparting into them grace and peace Thank you Father Sin me bete nenaglang yatoru kolekolo Ramato festo ropa se niante do dobra corbe se Yeba sotro bosso se
Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We just bless you, God. We just bless you, God. Father, we just thank you for dwelling in that secret place. You said that if we did that, we should abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we thank you that you are our refuge. You are the strong tower. And we thank you this afternoon that your glory, God, preserves us in that secret place. Your glory preserves us in that secret place. And we thank you that we cast all our cares upon you in that secret place. We thank you whereby we cry, Abba, Father, in that secret place that we come to know you even the more in that secret place you reveal who you are in that secret place you show yourself mighty and strong in that secret place hallelujah father oh there's an outpouring beloved there's an outpouring there's an outpouring. There's an outpouring in that secret place. Like the woman at the well, we can get filled and we'll never thirst again. We'll never thirst again. In that secret place, while many are running to and fro, trying to find this or that, we that abide in the secret place, we are sustained, we are fulfilled. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, God. <laughs> In the secret place comes confidence. Glory to God. In the secret place comes the confidence. Hallelujah. While those are running around trying to find their confidence. God, our confidence, our life, our being is hidden in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We cast not, therefore, away our confidence. But we believe in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We agree with what the man of God has decreed and declared. Because with you all things are possible. All things are possible. And we embrace what looks impossible. We embrace it this day. We thank you that a little bit of kingdom 
has been released and formed in us this day. We thank you that a little bit of kingdom in heaven has been released in us this day. Glory to God. If this is anything what heaven is going to look like, God, we thank you. This impartation, we thank you. Jesus walked around with this in him 24-7, 365. He had access to the secret place. And we thank you, God, that you reveal it to us today. You share it with us today. Hallelujah. Because you always long for us to walk in it. You always long for us to live in it. You gave it to us through the evidence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the secret place. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Let's just finish up today just with a, a worship on our lips, a thanksgiving and a worship on our lips. Just let your heart now, the melody, come up inside your heart. Let it, let it spring forth from your spirit. Let it come out of you just to worship our Father. Lord, we thank you what you're doing in this place, what you're doing in individual lives, what you've done this week in Kickstart, Lord. Oh, it's been just magnificent, Lord. It has been you manifesting yourself in great and mighty ways. So tremendous, bigger, bigger in ways than we even imagine what you've done. It, most people don't even know everything that you've done, but it's Every day I'm getting home and giving God the glory for what you've done, Lord. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. As we have the rest of this week and kickstart, Lord, let it be. Let it flow from this secret place. And let it continue to be the fullness of your will done in the name of Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we worship you. We worship you.
thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Oh, glory to God. Father, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, the fact that you give us entrance into the secret place. <laughs> what an honor. What, what a blessing. We can come into the place with you. Be with you. Receive strength and plans and possibilities made possible with you, Lord. It's peace and grace and mercy. We help. What an honor. What a blessing. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for making yourself available to us, for making your ways available, and then even strengthening us to walk those things out. Thank you, Father. You're so merciful and so gracious. So merciful and so gracious. Thank you, Lord. I just, uh, it was interesting. I paused just there because as I was finishing that up, um, take that down just a little bit. As I was finishing that up, I just saw a vision. You know, we went over Christmas, the family and I went to uh, New York City just to celebrate, go have an experience. You know, that was our Christmas present. And, um, it was the weirdest thing. As I was finishing that prayer, I saw an inward vision of a place in New York City where we went to, and it, I think it's called Dwayne Reed. I think it is, uh, but it's like uh, it's like a Walgreens, right? They might even be owned by the same people, but they are everywhere. They're everywhere, like on every. I mean, you can't walk two blocks almost without coming to a Dwayne Reed, and and one of the things was. If you needed something, like that's the grocery store in a lot of the cities and a lot of the, you know, that's where they would have bottled water and it's like a CVS or, you know, Walgreens or something, but they're everywhere. And I was sitting there praying and I see this, you know, one of the first nights we went and got bottled water and got some cereal to take it back to the room and, you know, we don't know where all the stores are and everything. Plus, if you go to a grocery store, you probably got to get a cab or Uber or Lyft or something, you know. And, and, and um, so we walked just one block and there was the Dwayne Reed. And if you, I later on found out if you walked one block that way, there was one there. And if you walked one block that way, they, they were everywhere, you know, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. And so I was praying right then and I saw this, this store with provisions in it. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world? I knew he showed that to me, but I thought, what in the world is that? This is the rest of God, that wherever you go, no matter how far you go, 
provision is just waiting on you. All you have to do is walk in. You'll have what you need. Step into the rest of God. Step into the provision of God. And in His rest, draw on Him. And you will have everything you need. You don't have to go far. You never have to go far. Because He's always with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You simply just have to be looking for Him. And looking for His provision store. And you'll find it. You'll find it. So many times we, we don't believe that they're there and because we're not looking for them, we just pass by another part of life, another building in the city. Another building, right? Just another building. But if you don't look at, if you're not spiritually aware of what the place is, then you'll miss the provision and God had it for you there the whole time. This is part of what being still and knowing God does for you and entering into his secret place. It makes you aware that his provision is everywhere you go. It's on every block. There's a place for you to draw on him. You may walk a few feet and not feel like he's there, but it just don't worry. Right around the corner, there's your provision. There's your answer. There's your solution. It's constantly abiding in the rest of God. It's constantly abiding in the promised place. He's made pro promise to never leave you nor forsake you. He's made promise to always be there. So no matter what you face, whether your eyes can see the impossible becoming possible, whether your eyes can see the solution, whether your eyes can see the provision or the healing or the restoration, no, it's right there. It's right there. And so then with eyes of faith, start opening up your spiritual eyes and looking for the things of God. All right, Lord, I know you're here. Where is it at? I know there's got to be one around here somewhere. Where is it? Where's your provision? And with expectation, start looking and paying attention to what he has. And it won't be long. You'll run right into it. And provision will be yours. Man, that's a word. That's a word. Thank you, Lord, for that. Although you confused me at the beginning when you showed it to me. I went, what in the world? I said, what is that? Hold on. But that's good. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for the, the secret place. We thank you for the ability to be still and know. We thank you, Lord, for your provision in every place. Thank you for giving us rest. Thank you for bringing about the promises. Thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you've hung out this long, thank you so much. It's not really long when you get into that place. It just goes, it just goes. We're pushing 130 now. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for being here. We love you. Uh, just, we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. Bye-bye.